Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Hello and welcome to this podcast from Wessex LMCs. My name is Will Howard and I'm a GP in Hampshire and one of the medical directors at Wessex LMCs. And today I'm joined by three guests, Dr. Sanjay Patel, Dr. Ollie Morris and Dr. Tim Cooper. And I'll ask them to introduce themselves um, in a second. And we're going to talk today a little bit more about Wessex Healthier together. Um, Sanjay, if you can introduce yourself first, please. Yeah, hi, well, I'm Sanjay Patel, uh, consultant in paediatric infectious diseases at Southampton Children's Hospital. And I also lead the Healthier Together program, um, which has been rolled out to about 10, 11 other ICSs across uh, England. Fantastic. Thank you. Ollie. Hi, I'm Ollie Morris. I'm at Shirley Health Partnership here in Southampton. I'm a salary GP here. Uh, my involvement with Health Together project goes back uh, several years, really just being interested in, in the primary care perspective of things and how it's developed. So I, I've got a role in that point of view, but really I'm also here to talk about our experience as a practice of using the Health Together app, uh, particularly when it rolled out with us just before the whole scarlet fever uh, you know, activity around um, the winter surge then. Activity, never, never a better understatement. Thank you, Ollie and Tim. Uh, thanks, Will. So I'm Tim Cooper. So I'm a GP based up in Basingstoke. I'm also one of the interim joint chief medical officers at Hampshire and Isle of Wight ICB. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, all three of you. Um, I'm going to start with Sanjay, if that's all right, because I want to just allow us to have a little background about the uh, Wessex Healthier Together programme, how it was uh, started and how it has evolved since its first inception. Yes, yeah, so it started off the back of a simple observation that uh, children present extremely frequently to primary care, to ED, uh, often with self-limiting conditions. Uh, anxiety drives a lot of health-seeking behaviour from parents, which clearly needs to be managed. We definitely have to try and uh, alleviate that anxiety, but presenting face-to-face -face or remotely to healthcare professionals is not necessarily the optimal use of, of, of resources and the best way to support those families. So that's how it started a number of years ago. A lot of our original content and probably the most used bit of the website is for, um, for is parents seeking help when their child has a physical health issue such as fever or shortness of breath, cough, etc. But then we have expanded uh, in terms of maternity. So we have lots of resources for pregnant women for when they're unwell during pregnancy. It's used as uh, the, the website is used to deliver postnatal care and all of that, that, that information when a, a, a mother is discharged from hospital with her baby. Um, it's got information on mental health. And, and lots of information about navigating the current um, cost of living crisis as well. So, and, and the aim of the programme is really to deliver consistent messages to parents. We know that if parents, or if we're trying to get parents to trust their own instincts, inconsistent messages from um, healthcare professionals or health and social care professionals is hugely disruptive, disru disruptive or destructive actually in terms of self-confidence. So um, we uh, we provide resources for professionals and for parents to look at and, um, and, and we also are keen to deliver integrated care. So we work in a complex system and uh, the more we can join up primary care and secondary care and, and health visiting and, and schools um, the better it is for the quality of service we deliver. So that's the main ethos of Healthier Together. Yeah, so when I first have heard of Wessex Healthier Together, it was a website that we could direct parents to, but it sounds very much like it's developed quite a long way since then now with an app um, and, and sort of an opportunity to be, to be both a front door to patients, 
rather than them phoning us. Actually, it's a place they can go for advice before they phone us, but also a place we can, uh, in general practice, signpost to. Um, Ollie, you work in general practice, and clearly we all talked about um, the activities you described it of the Strep A outbreak around Christmas last year. And we all felt that as a tidal wave of activity that overwhelmed all primary care and secondary care services that were involved in delivering care to children. Um, and that includes general practice, A&Es, 111s, out of hours, uh, pediatric departments as well. How do you see this fitting in in primary care? So I think your um, phrase of sort of front door, I think it is one of the ways in which experience is using it. I think it's very helpful because of the way that it does triage the urgency and it asks uh, what seem quite sensible questions. And even if as time goes on, um, the people are slightly using the app in different ways, it, it is a way of, of conveying information quite quickly, but it just depends how you're using it. So we were very lucky, I think, that we onboarded the app officially with our practice just a couple of weeks before the whole scarlet fever thing broke out. Um, so we were just getting used to reception, how it's going to work and how we were going to work. And we actually found it much more manageable, I think, than many practices when all, all hell broke loose and suddenly it was, you know, 50 contacts a day because it all came through the app and we had the systems up and running. So we could quite quickly set aside one of the duty doctors just to look at the healthy together and triage that and bring in, in um, children as and when needed. Um, over time, what I would say is that like any system you put in place in access primary care, the, the um, patients work out how it works, they work out what answers to give. So there's a little bit of gaming of the system. And I think partly uh, as a practice, it depends how you put out the messaging. So I think we went through a phase in Scarlet Fever of just saying anything to do with children, use the app, use the app, use the app. And that worked very well in that acute setting. But now as we move into summer, increasingly, I'd say over half of our contacts through the app are actually chronic conditions. Um, and so we need to make a decision as a practice whether we get have very clear messaging actually only for urgent things and for routine appointments use a different route or to accept that this is the way in which they contact us and we just use it as a useful triage tool and work out how we're going to deal with the less urgent things. Obviously, we don't need to bring them in on the day. Um, so I think it's you want to make sure it's a front door rather than a back door uh, and you know, have equitable access as well. And that takes a bit of thinking how to use the app, but a very useful tool we've had. Fantastic. I, I absolutely agree. So I, I work in a practice which isn't as far forward with you and didn't have access to the app. Um, I was kind of working throughout the Strepe outbreak um, against this tidal wave, but we actually used it in a slightly different way in our practice. We ensured that our reception team were aware of the Wessex Healthier Together um, website. And we were empowering our reception team to use the website itself and the information it carried to ask the right questions. So using it in Sort of almost uh, um, a medieval way compared to the way you guys are using it. But actually, just because it carried such a large amount of information, even at that basic level, it was very useful during an outbreak because it carried good common sense advice for our patients. And now what you're describing is a, a very different form of its use. It's actually we're saying there is an app which patients can sign on with and access, a bit like an online consult consulting app that we're all now much more used to using. And it allows parents to seek advice for their children. And it allows them to then access primary care, having got through a system of advice and then ensuring that the right patients are getting to us in the right way. Is that a fair description, Ollie? I think absolutely. And like everything, it's evolving. And one of the nice things of being in both camps, so both of the GP using it, but also being able to go along to Health Together kind of executive meetings and talk about how we're developing things is as we've introduced more and more of the chronic long term pathways to the website, that's beginning to get reflected in the app. And we need to start thinking about how the app reflects that. So at the moment, the, the 
output for the app. If it's Amber, it is, you know, you need to see a GP today and they will arrange this for you. But obviously, if some of the Amber outcomes for a chronic long-term condition, it's more like you need to see a GP at some point to review the situation, but uh, an urgent appointment on the day might not be appropriate. So we need to slightly tweak the messaging of the app, but at the same time, we need to, in the practice, decide how we want to use it. Um, and that's something we're negotiating at the moment. But uh, at the bottom line is that if I've got, you know, 10 health togethers to look at, I can flick through them in the space of a minute and get a quick sense of which child I, I need to see quickly, much more quickly, I find them, say, dealing with e-consults. So I find it very, very helpful, even if it is uh, at the end of it, you realise that eight out of those 10 don't need an urgent appointment that day. You can just put a comment on the list and deal with it later on in the afternoon. Excellent. So I, I think bit that I find really reassuring in your comment there is this is a process that is evolving and we've got GPs leading the process of communicating with the Wessex Healthier Together provider system. And, and you're, you're very much a part of that, Ollie, is what's working well, what needs to change. And we're learning as we go. And so this will be an ever evolving um, and an ever moving feast for Wessex Healthier Together. Tim, you work in a different practice again. How have you guys uh, found it? Yeah, so again, it's been a really interesting experience for us. So we were probably brought into it very much during the the middle phase, I'd say, of the Strep A uh, pandemic. So again, looking at ways that we could manage the demand. Um, so we are a population, about 17,000 patient practice, predominantly uh, sort of families and their children. So we get a lot of customers from that perspective. And it, it's been useful. I just don't think at this point we're probably using it to the extent that we need to. Um, and again, it's been really useful for us to be able to step back and reflect on what are the challenges that we face at the moment. So I think, Will, you described it really nicely is that, you know, it was a surge of activity. And what we're seeing, I think, is that ongoing demand versus capacity challenge that all of us in practice are facing right now. So it's really for us to start thinking about how do we manage that front door in a way that is equitable, like Ollie described, but something that is not necessarily requiring all the manpower, because that's the thing that we're struggling with at the moment, was we don't have enough people to do the day job. Um, I think it's a really promising uh, idea about how we can start to manage that demand better. We always talk a lot about moving upstream, uh, but I think this is a genuine opportunity in the stuff that Sanjay and team have been able to do. It gives us that opportunity to start to realise how we might want access to look in the future. There's various big policy documents that have come out recently that your, your sort of listenership will probably know about, but actually it really is for us to start thinking about how we access primary care in a better, more streamlined, more sophisticated way. And I think this is a really good example of how we might be able to do that. The fact that Sanjay and team have got this embedded across the entirety of maternity, it's creating a cohort of people that know about it. So it makes complete sense to myself and probably from an ICB perspective to really encourage us to think about how we adopt this sort of program to be able to, you know, try and start using it really as our digital front door in conjunction with the other bits that we're using already. Great. I, I think it's really, I find this kind of process of change fascinating. We all want to change the behavior in its entirety of all of our patients because we think that that's going to fix it all. And one of the things that it's taken me a lot of years to learn is to be patient and that, that actually trying to educate an entire population is actually impossible. And actually, therefore, we need to make as many good changes as we can to empower patients who are bought into improving the care they receive. We need to at least start with some of the simple win wins. And I think giving those patients who are willing to be part of this type of um, process, giving them enough information, giving them the right tools will actually help them. So um, making percentage changes in all of our populations will overall improve our ability to provide them with care. So that's how we're using it in three different practices. Sanjay, um, in terms of um, using the system 
moving forwards? Are there any innovations that you're about to come up with? Anything that's changing moving forwards? Yeah, I, I think what's great is that this is this process has been done in collaboration with people like Ollie and, and, and users, you know, with, with parents, pregnant women. Um, so the, the, the messages we're getting from primary care colleagues is actually they'd like it to be more integrated with their GP system. So to have an email coming in, you know, we're not going to create the, per I don't think there's any such thing as the, the perfect app because what's perfect today will not be perfect in six months or a year. And we see that with AI and all the, the advent of this extraordinary technology available. But at the moment, we generate an email and, and, and not even that many emails based on Amber patients. In an ideal world, that would actually go directly into System 1 or EMIS Web as part of the doctor's work list. It would then not require patients being moved and X, Y, and Z. So that's that's one of the first steps. And we're going through all of those various uh, hoops that clearly one needs to go through with NHS England and digital to facilitate that. Um, we'd like a similar in-hours and out-of-hours offer. So we're working with, um, with SCAS um, to ensure that out-of-hours uh, we, we don't have parents then calling up 111 and spending ages and, and putting demand on call handlers. You know, that clearly is a rate limiting step. So we're going to have that going, Amber's going directly to the PEDS desk, which we set up a few, you know, two or three or four years ago now. So that's going to be more efficient. Language is a bit of it. We've got to make that better. And we've got to actually make it a two way process. So I think if we can accompany information on Amber's, maybe with a picture or some video of respiratory distress, I think that will be helpful because actually what Ollie's describing is very rapidly triaging a significant number of children. Um, hopefully it won't be a significant number, but you know, you know, in, in times of a surge or something, it, it may be. And so I think that helps uh, our, our primary care colleagues and then being able to push messages. So one thing we've seen a drop off of during COVID is say vaccination rates. So there is no reason why we can't use the app to push a message at a certain age to a child. And actually, if it's integrating with a primary care system to get them to book into a vaccine appointment for, you know, their, their 12 month MMR or something. So I think that, you know, there are so many things that we're planning. The other bit is mental health that we haven't touched on. So far, we've been talking about um, about physical health and, and, and surges or outbreaks of infections, but mental health is, is just being catastrophic for young people. And we've just finalized a clinical pathway, a healthier together clinical pathway for mental health that we're going to kind of convert into something that parents will find useful and navigate them to local resources that should help them support their children with anxiety, depression, etc. Uh, I think that's very exciting. So for me as a GP, trying to keep hold of all of the, the different options and offers that are out there for patients and parents in the mental health alone is, is almost impossible. So to be able to signpost them or signpost them to a single resource that'll um, empower parents to make better decisions on behalf of their children and empower teenagers to make better decisions for themselves will be will be hugely beneficial. So really, we're talking about sort of surge management by embedding this upstream and making sure that we work hard now. And I know, Sanjay, when we spoke uh, earlier on this year, we discussed the Strep A outbreak and we discussed um, the importance that the next year might have in Wessex Healthier Together and it's embedding it in the system as a whole. And that's when we thought it would be really useful to meet up and make this second podcast as a follow-up. So any tips now for GPs on the ground, practices, practice managers, that you could give, and I'm going to come to you in a second, Ollie, and to Tim, any tips that you might give, simple top threes, you might say, that will help practices use Wessex Healthier together um, on a day-to-day -day basis for their patients? 
Yeah, so I think that that, that needs to be the sort of recognition of the, the things we've been talking about. For, for much of the time, children do not pose a great threat to the system in terms of activity. But, you know, we all buy insurance, and this is essentially an insurance policy that when things get bad, we can work on marginal gains that allow us to keep our head above water. So I really implore practices kind of before autumn to try and embed healthier together into their practices. So what that probably means, in my opinion, is kind of a, a champion for healthier together. I was speaking to some um, some uh, some social prescribers this morning, you know, about there are about 10 social prescribers for young people across Hampshire and the Isle of Wight with a vision to have every PCN having one. They would make a perfect person to be the kind of champion for healthier together. I think we're planning on a sort of a, a very light touch accreditation program so that practices that, you know, have some information about Healthier Together on their website, might put a screensaver up, some posters up, and, 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 and on board with the app would be kind of given a Healthier Together friendly practice plaque. Uh, you know, it's something you can say that a practice done is doing. Um, and then, and really to push the app, you know, I think that pregnant women have totally gone all in with the app. And we've got, you know, 6,000 women across Hampshire and the Isle of Wight registered uh, with the Healthier Together app. That means that when their baby's born, they will create profiles for their children or for that child and maybe other children that they already have. And that will increase that demand on primary care and the practices that haven't onboarded. They'll be like, well, just a minute. It's clear that we haven't got all the functionality available to us. Why not? So I think kind of being ahead of the, the game is probably the way forward as well. But definitely get stuff in place before the autumn because we will have another surge. I just don't know what bug it will be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So patients like it. So we better get on board with it, I think is is important message there. Ollie, do you have any tips where you, you have extensive experience of, of getting patients using it? Uh, so I was just thinking what, what we need to think of preparing ourselves as a practice going into, into autumn. And I think it's very tempting. I mean, we never really have a quiet spell in general practice now, but there is a little bit more time over the summer months. And it's tempting just to kind of forget about paediatric, you know, um, acute illnesses and fevers and things and just enjoy a bit of a pause. But really using this time to plan carefully how you're going to make the app fit in, maybe trying out a few things uh, in terms of how you're going to process and working out a smooth pathway for patients. I think it's also really, really important to get the messaging clear and consistent across primary care. So from doctors, GPs, nurses, reception, maybe using messaging out across SMS, explaining what, how to use the app and when, when to use it, um, and just kind of clarifying every system is working well so that when the surge comes along, uh, you've already got things in place because it's not fun trying to um, tweak this thing in the midst of it all. And we were lucky, I think, our experience of having it just in place before it all hit. Excellent. Thank you, Ollie. I think uh, Sanjay and Ollie have said all the tips. Tim, in terms of your role as um, working as an ICB primary care lead, can you um, tell us a little bit about how you see this fitting in with the wider system? You've mentioned earlier this does fit in with sort of polit political papers that have been released or politicised papers, shall we say, that may have been released. Um, uh, in terms of the ICB strategy, though, Absolutely. So one of the, the biggest challenges that we would recognise at the moment, Will, is that the urgent care demand that is placed on practices is absorbing our ability to really do anything else. We know that as the urgent care demand goes up, the routine and the kind of chronic disease management naturally goes down because, as we've discussed before, we are a finite workforce. We have to put our people somewhere. And unfortunately, an acutely unwell patient will always win out against someone for routine chronic disease management. 
the, the challenge here is we have to start to find novel and more um, inventive ways of managing that demand. So particularly the first big piece of work that we're looking at with our local places around how we manage um, urgent care, potentially looking at how we scale the options if that's possible. But we recognize that there's independence um, within practices and that people want to you know, work in a way that works for them. What I would suggest is that things like this are a really good example of how we can work differently and we do have to think and consider how we can manage the demand differently so these sort of digital tools would be exactly the sort of thing that we'd be looking to support and endorse from an icb perspective and i suspect as we move forwards we're going to see an increasing number and i think sanjay alluded to ai and that's the one that i think has a real hope for potential demand management because of the way it can do that triage piece for us so i think this is a really good start and something that we should be encouraging everyone to use and the ICB will be working with Sanjay and the team to produce communication so that you know patients really understand the rationale that sits behind this and why we're pushing behind it. Excellent so it's really getting that our, our voices um, out there about this being an important tool for patients to use an important tool for practices to support them in meeting the demand of patients given what we all understand is, is a limited workforce. Okay, thank you all so much for your time today. It's, it's much appreciated. I think we could probably talk about Wessex Healthy together for a lot of time, but um, I think it's important we perhaps hold some of the information for a future um, podcast um, to bring to uh, Wessex LMC. So thank you all so much for your time today. It's very much appreciated and we look forward to talking to you again soon. So uh, listeners, Wessex Healthier Together, take a look at the website talk to your practices, talk to your practice managers and reception leads to ensure that this is very much on the front page of your developments for this coming autumn and winter season. Thank you all. Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice.